Hey guys, GBC podcast number 29. I'm Courtney Wolf. I'm Sam Blankenship, and as, we just dropped the phone. As I dropped the mic, literally. Mike. And I didn't even say anything profound. <laughs> Okay, Shane, so podcast 29, um, I know you hit on this um, in your message on Sunday. If you haven't listened to it, you need to. Um, are you done with the series, by the way? I'm done with it on th- this Sunday, so we've got one more one? part to it. Excited about that. It's Revelation chapter 2. Oh, it's actually a passage I preached a little over a year ago with a completely different focus, I guess. Oh, it's not. awesome. So it's, it's, well, it's not the whole passage I preached a couple uh, last year, but it's, um, it's, it's a few verses out of that that speaks to... Well, I'm just gonna, the I'll end of the, the world. Yeah. Uh, no, it does not speak to the end of the world. <laughs> it's, it's part of God, Jesus' letters to his churches, and you know, um, the the first letters to the church of Ephesus. And uh, when I preached it last time, I talked about I talked about it being like a compliment sandwich because he's like, "Here's all the stuff you're doing good." Oh, kind of, yeah. But I got this one thing against you, mm-hmm. and then here's and then he some more stuff it. you're doing good mm-hmm. though. Um, and so, so anyways, I'm totally avoiding that part of it. But um, but yeah, we're gonna finish that forward because. Jesus essentially says, hey, the thing I've got against you as a church is you have forgotten or abandoned or forsaken, depending on how you translate it, the love you had at first. Mm. So not you have forsaken your first love, the love that you had um, at first, like the practice is the emphasis on it. And he says, consider how far you have fallen. So it's a big deal that you've forsaken the love that you had at first. And obviously the context is for him and following him. It makes you want to hide your head. And then he says, repent and do the things you did at first. Turn. So, so basically, I'm I'm kind of making a point on Sunday um, for sometimes the way forward is to consider how far mm. you've fallen mm-hmm. and That's do great. the things you did at first. Not the idea of going back and trying to get a feeling back or anything like that, but this whole idea of. There's some things that you did at first because of the passion. So that's that you know you have um, you have abandoned the love that you had at first. That speaks to passion. It speaks to devotion. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what he's saying to the church at Ephesus is your devotion has just turned into duty, mm-hmm. and your passion has just turned into programming. And you're doing the you're going through the motions. You're doing it, but the passion's gone. Well, um, you totally led up to that in your um, previous message mm-hmm. about sort of like checking the boxes, yep. or was that in our podcast? I yep. can't remember. Um, well, and that leads us kind of into our podcast today Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of times maybe you and i have talked and i know you've certainly preached on being lukewarm um but as i personally have a revelation speaking of revelation which i hey just putting it out there i wouldn't mind to study revelation for a little bit i I feel like i i'm so lost in (laughs) revelation i'm like what seven lamps and all these beings that have eyes like i just need to know what they are Okay, but that's that's beside the point. Um, you know, wh- when we read the Bible, there's a couple of places where it says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can either be hot or cold. Obviously, yeah. he'd rather be as hot. Yeah. Um, but what what occurred to me as I'm reading Elijah is that you can um, kind of waver on more than just your faith. And I think those things set you up for, you know, what, what kind of he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So Elijah is on Mount Carmel, right? Yes. And he says, you can read this, 1 Kings 18, 21. Yeah, so um, kind of the setup is that I, I always refer to this as a showdown on, my, on Mount Carmel because um, you know Elijah's there, um, Ahab, who is the king, who is not a good king at all. His wife is Jezebel. She's got all kinds of um, bad things that, are, that are, have been said about her because she was not a good person. Um, and um, there's been a drought for three years, so that's important as far as context goes. Um, and then there's uh, 450 prophets of Baal, and I think maybe 250 
um, or 200. I feel like it was 800 somewhere. Did I make that up? Uh, or was it 800 in all? Probably close to like the 700 or 800 or something like that in all. I can't, I can't remember. Maybe 600 profits in all. Anyways, okay. um, there's, there's, okay, 450 profits of Baal and 400. So there we go, uh, profits of Asherah. So there's 850 total. Okay. Which is interesting because after this little showdown, Elijah's going to go slaughter all those people. Oh I mean, gosh. can you imagine not no. only doing the sacrifice and calling the fire from heaven, but then going down and killing 850 people with the sword? Well, you called him the CrossFit prophet. He's the CrossFit prophet. Uh, he's a bad dude. But anyways, so there's a moment there when they're, when they're on the mountain that he speaks to Ahab and he says, um, to Ahab and the people of God, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And essentially, he's speaking to a people who haven't totally abandoned God, um, but they have mixed their worship of God with Baal. And it's almost like whichever one's convenient in the moment. Right. And that gray area, just operating in the gray area, is satisfying the flesh. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of being like, oh, but we're really not doing anything wrong. Although, although they were. Cause they Absolutely. Because for Elijah, thing. and for God for that matter, um, like that that half-hearted commitment, that wavering between the two, is no commitment at all. And that's, I mean, that's that's ultimately what um, what Elijah's calling them out on. Um, but I just, I think it's interesting though on the wavering um, is that how long will you waver between two opinions? Speaking about an idea, speaking about something that you cannot tangibly touch. Uh-huh. Um, so you know. Well, and he's not even talking about faith, which I find it really important, not important, but interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think what I really wanted to talk about today, which um, we'll get there, but I wanted to give you guys a couple of um, translations. But what I, I think is so interesting is that we can um, waver between, you know, like what's right and wrong, like mm-hmm. very easily Absolutely. because we justify, you know, just the desires of the flesh. But okay, Shay, can I speak to that for yeah, one second? Yeah, yeah, okay, because I was watching the news um, this morning. And um, I usually watch the BBC News. I probably have mentioned that on here. But yes. So it was BBC News covering what was happening in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is right before Hannah actually left for work, so we were both talking about it. So um, the Supreme Court, I guess, upheld a law that allows... Um, um, that does not allow an abortion after six weeks. And so all these people are totally ticked off about it. Good um, state of Texas. Exactly. Um, and I think it was absolutely the right decision. Sure. Um, I hope they do away with it altogether. But anyways, you know, one guy is making a whole point, which I don't understand how people even argue the point, um, argue against the point. It's um, a senator from Texas, and he's saying, um, it's got a heartbeat. That's life. The child deserves protection. It is the most innocent being on the face of the earth. Um, it cannot defend itself. So we owe it to the unborn child to defend it. Who in the world can argue with that? But anyways, people do. Um, and these people are protesting and it says not um, something along the lines on their, sh- on their shirts said something like not against my own body or n- no rules uh, against my own body. My body, my choice, that kind of thing? It's, that's the concept, but it was worded differently. Okay. It was like, n- no rules against my body or s- something like that. What I thought was interesting was, though, that most of them had masks on. I was going to say. And so freaking hilarious. Should we get into this? Is that, we probably shouldn't, but I just think what? it's funny is that they are putting on a mask, which mm-hmm. is mandated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the, uh, on their body. On their body. Uh-huh. But they're protesting that they can't have an abortion in their body. Well, they're picking and choosing like what um, 
that's wavering. Benefits them. Absolutely. Right. Well, I, I, well, I, want, I want to kill the child in my body, so oh, don't, don't make any rules against that. But I, I agree with your mass thing, so I'll, I'll put that on my body yeah. um, and let it be regulated. It, it just makes no sense. No, it, it doesn't um, make sense, and I think that's a really good example. And, you know, you would have to take a very hard look at yourself, like pretending like we're, we feel that way. Yeah. It, um, someone would really have to open our eyes. Someone would really have to say something profound um, to make me say, oh, wow, you're right, let me take off this mask, or oh, wow, you're right, let the child live. And so, like, lately, Shane, that's been my prayer, is for um, eyes to be opened to the wavering. So let yeah. me let me give you, if it's okay. Uh, yeah, but real quick, bands off our bodies. That's what the, I just Googled it so I could be clear. Bands off our bodies is what their shirt says, and they're all wearing masks. Bands off our bodies, huh? Yeah. Wow. Anyways. Yeah. No. I mean, it's 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 a that's a really good example. So so maybe you'll join me in that prayer that God opens the eyes of people that are sort of operating in this gray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yours truly, I do too. But okay. So I was doing this. Um, sorry, this Bible study and wavering. Like I like the word waver, mm-hmm. but another translation is hesitating. Mm-hmm. Love it. Another translation is limping. Mm-hmm. I love like you're just dragging something along. Like oh, I can't let go of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and limping also dra- almost dragging a part of your body. You know, like you're so close to it. It's you can't let it go. Uh, another the King James version was halting. Right. And so I just was wondering if we put either one of these words in where it says waver, um, if it would help open people's eyes because um, in my study I wrote wow whoa. You know, unbelievable when I saw because I'm a word nerd. Sure, so sure. so words kind of do hit me, but I'm just like, okay, what if we use this for um, our cell phones? You know, what if I told Shane earlier if we're using the example, we can use actually just staying on your example of the abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, do you waver on that in different company? Do you hesitate to say something when you're in front of people yeah. that you would normally be like, no, I'm super against it. <laughs> you know, privately as I'm on my knees praying to God. Yeah. And that's like what Elijah was so bold. Mm-hmm. He's he's trying to empower us to be bold. Like it's okay absolutely. to have um, make a stance on something. Well, absolutely, yeah. I, it's it's completely okay to make a stance on something. And I, what's crazy, I think, even about the culture that we live in, is that it's okay for someone to make a stance against Christian values, for example. And it will get all kinds of airtime in the media and everything else. Um, you know, just abortion alone. But it's not okay to take a stand for life. You know? Like right. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't just, get the same kind of coverage. It doesn't get the same kind of support um, unless you get outside of evangelical um, you, you know, churches. Um, and, and I say evangelical. I mean, the Catholic Church has stood against it uh, for a, a long time, which always blows me away when you have Catholic senators or congressmen or a Catholic president, which is what we have right now. How in the world can you be pro-abortion if you are Catholic? The Catholic Church stands against it as they should because it's it's not biblical. Well, anyways. Th- so I, I, I don't have, obviously, I don't have an answer, but the, the what I've been getting like through my own personal like Bible study is that people's eyes are closed, their ears are not listening, their hearts are hardened, and doesn't sometimes God kind of give you a way to, um, like, the very thing that you keep straying for? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it hasn't that been kind of done over and over and over in the Old Testament? Absolutely. And that, I think, you know, maybe that's part of the, the wavering. Um, so the Hebrew word, um, pasach, 
Shabak is the is the is the the, the literal term, um, which would mean to pass over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting. That, so the word that that occurs in First Kings is the same word that occurs in Exodus. Um, and what happened in Exodus? What the passed pass over? over. The Passover. That's exactly uh-huh. right. Um, and so it's the same word that's used to describe what the death angel did when um, it came to the to the doorpost that was covered with in the blood. blood. Um, absolutely, and it passed over. It completely mm-hmm. passed it by. And so. You know, back to that abortion issue, um, to stay on a hot topic, it's like, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, really, if you're, you know, know, whether you're a Protestant or Catholic or whatever, um, if you are, but then you swing over, you pass over your beliefs, or what you say you believe, to the political side um, Mm -hmm. of it, and jump on a different wagon politically, it's almost like you pass over one to go to the other. I think it's the same kind of idea, wavering, passing over. It's a... you know, moving beyond it all together. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, be bold. Mm-hmm. It, I think now's the time that we have to be brave. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you just said, it's sort of hard in this climate to um, say the things that we know are, like, the Christian beliefs, mm-hmm. like what, what God would want us to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my personal prayer, like I said, is just for people to open their eyes and open their ears and open their hearts so that they can hear God's voice once again because I think that they just can't like talking about the Catholic leaders that we have like they're not listening to, to the to God Almighty not to God. no I don't know who they're listening to but they're putting some sort of idol yeah whether it be like their own um you know gain sure or you know Something, something before God, and then you have to think like, well, on a smaller scale, what am I doing? What am I putting before sure. God? And you know, lately, personally, my thing has been um, technology. Yeah, I'm like, there's, yeah. it's so loud, mm-hmm. and I'm getting interrupted all the time, and um, by, by stuff that doesn't matter. Absolutely, you know, and so I just kind of have really severed my time on my phone and have just been spending time in the Bible because mm-hmm. I said, you know, if there's something that I need to know, God will tell me the truth yep. or somebody will send it to me. Absolutely. <laughs> if the world falls apart, somebody will send it to me. <laughs> well, I had another example about um, idols. Okay. Okay. Habakkuk. 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 I'm not doing the right thing. It could be Habakkuk if you're from Rockfield. Habakkuk. <laughs> I'm not from Rockfield. You're from Atlanta, so Habakkuk. Habakkuk, that's right. Okay. So, um, Habakkuk. Small part. Chapter two. Chapter two. And I said. About Malachi. Malachi, which I thought was. Malachi. I can't even. Okay. So, uh, Habakkuk (laughs) is a very small um, part of the Bible, but look how much I have highlighted. Oh, I know. I encourage anybody that hasn't read in it that they need to because it's chock full of good stuff. Do you want to? Um, Verse 18. Chapter 2, verse 18. Okay, so it says, Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation, he makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifestone, wake up. Can it give guidance? Is it covered with gold and silver? Uh, Yet there is no breath in it. So that's the... He's making a point, right? The prophet's making a point. You're worshiping something that can't give you guidance, that cannot speak, that you created with your own hands. Mm-hmm. What good is it? Well, the, the whole creating it with your own hands just made me feel like, you know, we, we think we're so amazing. <laughs> right. You know, we create these things and then we, we just go after it with our whole hearts and worship it like it's a god. Yep. 
you end up worshiping in a version of yourself or an image of yourself or the preferred version of yourself. Well, so I I used this example before. Is this yeah. a stupid example? No. Okay, so um, I, I'm someone that's really dorky and I like to read. Um, I, I'm also not super great with my time. Like, I might have five hours, and it's like I could probably be a little bit more productive, but I, I'll get distracted, or something happens, and then I'm like, oh, I'm, just, I'm at the zoo. <laughs> I just, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I noticed, like, it was like last year or the year before that I had, like, four or five books on time management, you know, waking up at five o'clock in the morning. These are the things yeah. that you need to do, da-da-da. Um, but I, I started to realize that, I was following like the preferred version of myself Mm -hmm. and not really spending time with God and um, figuring out like who it is that like he wants me to be or Mm -hmm. honestly just figuring out more about who he is. Yeah. And um, I quickly realized that I just put the books away and God made me a scatterbrain and for right now that's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, But... Is that not the same thing that they're saying, like this this image of yourself that you could be worshiping? Right, it certainly can be. Um, I do think it, I, I, I mean, I think it's, it's worth saying, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeking guidance. We should, we're called to. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible even uses the example of seek wise counsel. Um, so that's what we're called to do, seek wise counsel, seek guidance. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, man, I need some help working on my time, or I need some help with my diet, or I need some help with whatever. You know, I need some help working through some issues. There's nothing wrong with going and getting help. It becomes an idol when that becomes the thing that you put before God. Um, that becomes the preeminence in your life. That becomes, um, you know, your your primary focus. I mean, you're waking you're waking up and you're eating, sleeping, breathing CrossFit, and that's all you think about. You never shut up about. It's all you do. It's all you want to do. Guilty. Passionate for it. You, you know, it's consuming. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I'm dropping off the kids just so I can get to CrossFit. You know, or whatever. Are I'm you talking to me right no, now? No, no, you're no, no. Looking I'm, at just, me. I'm just I'm just throwing this out there as an example uh, because rule number one of CrossFit, if you don't know, is you never shut up about CrossFit. Um, so, it's so true. You drink the Kool-Aid and you just get that. Right? And you're telling everybody about it and people don't even understand what you're talking about. You yeah. don't care. And now um, you have a prophet. That's the CrossFit prophet. The CrossFit prophet. Well, it's in the Bible prophet. now. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I think in those cases, like you feel good about yourself because you found something that you love, yeah. right? You feel good about yourself because you like the way it makes you feel, you like the way it makes you look, you, you look or whatever, um, and so you can get excited about it because maybe you're seeing results or you're getting stronger even if your body's not changing. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can get excited about, and if you're not careful, then that becomes the driver. And if you belong to God, whether it's CrossFit or your business or making money or saving up for something, like whatever it is, that's not supposed to take the preeminence. Following him because he's ultimately the provider. He's ultimately um, the way maker. He's, he's, he's the one um, that, we should, that should have the preeminence of our heart, of our desires, of our mind. And then everything else becomes secondary and tertiary and you know, all the way down the line. I don't know the word for four. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We get that backwards, I think, sometimes. Oh, a lot of times. And we confuse a good thing and make it the thing. Oh, that's good. If so, okay, so if you're if you're preaching this and you're talking to, I mean, like I said, I mean, the, I think the prayer is Shane, open your eyes, mm-hmm. open your heart, mm-hmm. open your ears, mm-hmm. okay? Because we're talking to you. We all have these yeah. in our lives. Absolutely. Um, so how how do you motivate someone to really take a deep 
look at, at their heart and mm-hmm. be like, I'm totally doing this. Because it's very difficult to see. It's seeing your blind spots, right? Sure. It's very difficult to see um, your blind spots. And Elijah's really motivated me because he's such a bold prophet, like, like kind of if you're not with me, you're against me kind of person. And didn't Jesus say that yeah. anyways? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so it just sort of motivated me to be like, well, I want to be like Elijah. Right. You know? Absolutely. I think I think I think um, there's there's probably one thing that people fail to do. Um, it's come up in, in the forward series uh, from the Old Testament. It it comes up again um, in the Gospels, um, and it certainly um, comes up again in in Revelation at the very end of it. And that's the term consider. We don't consider. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was saying earlier about Revelation chapter two. Um, Jesus tells his church, "Consider how far you have fallen." Consider. Oh, okay. There you um, go, bringing it full we circle. We don't con- we don't consider it, um, and that's part of the command. So you you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Now, before you repent, before you before you go back and do the things you did at first, I want you to first consider. Now, I think that's the that's that whole idea of of understanding and of taking time to think through it. And again, it it came up just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I just don't remember what the what what book we were in. I think it was Haggai. Um, yeah, it was Haggai, and, and and God tells them to to stop and consider, to think about it, mm. to think through it. Um, that's what we're commanded to do. Um, we just don't do that, you know. We want to we we want everything quick. We want everything right now. We don't stop and think through it. And I think recognizing those blind spots takes some honest, intentional consideration on our part. Well, I just wrote the words down, like inventory, if you if you needed another word, kind of taking mm-hmm. inventory of your life. And I don't mean like really taking inventory, sure. but just like, where am I spending yeah, my time? Absolutely. Where's my attention? You know, how do I act around others when I'm doing this thing yep. that I'm doing? Yep. And then just the word aware, which Be is, aware. It's, again, mm-hmm. you know, I th- but I think that you can't be aware if you're not praying for your eyes to be open, your ears to be open, and your heart to be um uh, you know, on that level where you can get a message from God, you can't be that aware. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't. I don't want to be in the position where God is um, giving me away to the things, the desires of the flesh. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think if you if you're not taking time to do that work, to be aware, um, you end up spinning in a circle. Like like you end up spinning spinning wheels, and you're not really you're not really moving in a direction. You're not really getting anywhere. You're just it's a continuation of the same thing, I think. Um, well, you might be PRing at CrossFit. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. it, things might seem like they're going really well. Because right, sure. I think um, we've all been in seasons when we haven't been putting God first, and things are fine. Absolutely. For a while. It looks like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It looks like it, and certainly looks like it on the surface. Um, and I, when I think about those kinds of things, I always try to hold, um, hold this into consideration. Um, God will not be mocked. Yeah. And that's a promise that occurs throughout the entire council of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And God will say, you will not mock me. Mm-hmm. Right? It, even if it looks good, even if you think, I, you will not pull this over on me, you will not get over on me, you're not going to mock me. Um, and, and even to his own people, um, yeah. God, God says that. Like, don't you say that I'm your God and you be putting this stuff before me. That's right. Yeah, I understand. He that. says it of, 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 of the enemies of his people and he says it to his own people. Mm-hmm. You can't, you're not going to be able to mock me and actually get away with it, no matter how good it looks right now on the surface. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really good. And that gives, um, hopefully, all of us something to consider mm-hmm. or to take inventory of or just to 
be aware of, but I think it starts with praying that, that things are clear in your in your mind yep. and in your heart. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, thanks, Shane. Thank you. And I um, hope you enjoyed listening. We'll be on um, Podcast 30 next time. Next time. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.